Hello, and thank you for joining us for episode two of the EOA podcast. I'm John Matos, lead on content for the EOA, and each month I will bring you interviews, news, and insights from across the EO sector, all on a different theme each episode. In episode two, it's all about growth, the growth of the EO sector, and how being employee-owned has helped our member businesses to grow, as well as all about the work we do in the regions to grow employee ownership. 2021 saw continued growth of employee ownership, In June, we reported 730 employee-owned businesses, a staggering increase of 250 over the previous 18 months. And we now believe the sector to be more than 800 EO businesses strong. Each year, thousands of employee owners, EO businesses and supporters come together to raise awareness of the benefits of employee ownership on what we call EO Day. This year's celebration of employee ownership will take place on Friday, June the 24th with the theme being hashtag GrowEO, with an official launch taking place on March the 16th, which will be 100 days to go until EO Day. To continue on this theme of growth, episode 2 of the EOA podcast will hear from a firm of architects, a financial planner, and a campervan conversion company who offer their insights in this area, alongside highlighting their own ambitions and EO stories. First up, we hear from Karen Mosley, who is Managing Director of HLM Architects, a Sunday Times best company to work for, which has studios across the UK and Ireland, including one in Sheffield. In June last year, the South Yorkshire region was the first to partner with the Ownership Hub, which is the partnership between the EOA and Cooperatives UK, which aims to grow employee ownership and worker ownership with a number of pilots to evidence the impact of more people having a stake and a say in the business in which they work. Karen, who is the current president of the Sheffield Chamber of Commerce, offered her advice and insight as part of training delivered to business advisors in the South Yorkshire region last month. We hope that the learning and evidence from these pilots can be shared and replicated in other regions, especially on the back of the announcement earlier this month of the government's levelling up white paper, which has set out a plan to, quote, transform the UK by spreading opportunity and prosperity to all parts of the UK. The EOA podcast spoke to Karen about her work in the area to promote the sector. But I started by asking whether HLM has experienced growth since transitioning to employee ownership in in December 2020. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, our revenue has increased, our profitability has increased, we're more productive. And I think that's in part, you know, when you have these conversations, you know, it's often, has that been caused by Brexit or the pandemic or something, you know, pinpointing it to the EOT, um, I can't say it's probably all to do with that, but it's certainly to do with us being connected, Um, certainly people thinking more wider, their vision, you know, the, the lens that they're looking through is wider, it's more inclusive, it's not just thinking about what am I doing today, it's thinking about what are we doing and where we're heading. And so I think, you know, we talk often about Brailsford and the Olympic cycling team, you know, you make that 1% incremental change and it can, you know, propel you, you know, a million miles forward. So moving then on, then on that theme of growth, then, you know, just to start with, you know, what are your thoughts generally about the growth of the sector? Because it has grown so much because and since the pandemic. Yeah, um, I think it's great. I mean, it's it's about putting more, you know, widening ownership and putting it into more um more diverse hands isn't it and um but i think the main thing is we're talking about it and it's becoming an option 
that's more widely known, not something that you learn about in the pub, you know, that like, oh, I didn't even know that existed. I wish I'd have known that six months ago. I would have definitely gone down that route. We need advisors and people really raising awareness. So, um, you know, to start to be able to showcase the tangible benefits will help, I think, to book any of those mindset barriers that exist about, well, show me the facts. You know, it's great to say all this lovely, fluffy stuff, but show me the facts that it does actually work. And I think the more we can do that, the better as well. And like thinking locally, obviously within like the Sheffield region, you know, how, how excited um, are you about that focus on employee ownership through this uh, ownership hub initiative? I think it's amazing because I think, again, South Yorkshire's a trailblazer, you know, and uh, we should be proud of that, that this is happening here in our region. And what I want to do is make sure it's, a, I'd want to make sure it's a success. Um, we can only do that by raising its awareness. And I think having advisors on your doorstep that that are, 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 are putting it at the front of people's minds as an option and then being able to have people that can then help you transition through um, would be great. And then also that, like, we went to London for that specialist advice. You know, even external to South Yorkshire, you'll be getting people reaching into our local supply chain to say, oh, it's become a, a sort of an expert region for this. Why were you personally so keen to help out in terms of like you've obviously done these sessions, you've run training sessions to help business advisors through this initiative for the Ownership Hub. Why were you looking to help yourself? Um, well, again, because I think I'm, I, I get quite passionate about certain things like I'm passionate about skills and um, it's usually based upon something that I've experienced in my life. So, you know, I, I from the skill side of things was that I came through YTS and I didn't yet have opportunities opened up to me until I stumbled across like a sliding doors, you know, HLM and then, you know, great things have happened. And it's the same with the Employee Ownership Hub. I've had, we've had, we're having a great experience with it. So I just want to share that, you know, and I want to, you know, if there are barriers that exist because people aren't hearing about it, I just want to shout about it a bit more. So, and I think because of my presidency year as well, that I've declared this as a focus. I've got a year which is passing like, um, like nobody's business. <laughs> I just want to uh, do what I can during that time to, to support the hub to be a success. So you talk a bit about your presidency there. Just talk to me a little bit about your role within that chamber of Converse, the chamber of commerce in Sheffield. Yeah. So, so um, the chamber's vision is to, um, well, to support Sheffield to become the best place to start, you know, to grow to run a business. Um, and you know, we we've got the we're leaning to the voices of our business community and you know help them either to connect with each other or to think more collaboratively and collectively to have a voice that we're able to push through, um, you know, the, the um, to, to government to hopefully drive change for our region. I was going to say, how is that role you have helping to further champion employee ownership? Well, it's, it's, it's giving, I guess, giving me the stage to be able to do it. You know, I'd do it anyway, um, but I think obviously as president of the chamber, you've um, got a wider reach and as I say I mean these things like we had a chance encounter a chance mention uh, you know I want I want to not make those encounters chance I want to try and shout about them from the highest hilltop 
the EOA podcast has also reached out to two firms which are currently celebrating four years since they transitioned to employ ownership, namely Ovation Finance and Gerber Campervans, companies that are both good examples of this growth message. First up, we hear from Tom Morris, a director at Ovation, which is a Bristol-based financial planner that first opened its doors in 2000 and which transitioned to EO in March 2018 when founder Chris Budd sold the majority of Ovation shares to an employee ownership trust. I began by asking Tom about the growth of the company since its transition. We were a solid business before we went into this employee ownership transition. And I, and I must stress that the previous owner um, and founder, Chris, did a great job of building a, a terrific business and foundation for us to build on. It's not as though he gave us the keys and we just had to turn around the business. Nothing of that nature at all. He got us in a really solid position that enabled us to have something to then work, uh, you know, push on with um but our profits have of have absolutely um gone up since then um and we we have steadily grow, grown the business i think um 2020 was a tough year for everyone and we, and we managed to pretty much keep keep where we were in 2019 and then we've managed to kick on in 2021 um so from when we took over in when we took over when it became employee owned in 2018 there has been a you know a good solid increase in our in our revenues and our profitability um and i there's so many reasons behind that i'm sure and 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 again a part of that is because of the solid business we built you know we're not starting from scratch some of those profits were baked in by the business that had been built already and and building upon that so yeah employee ownership is certainly not hurt it so as a financial planner, would you have any tips for other employee-owned companies when it comes to financial growth? Having seen that financial growth yourself, that's had many factors that's kind of contributed to it. What, what would your advice be or your tips be as a financial planner to some of our other members? As an employee-owned business, and if you're an FD listening to this, a financial director, financial controller listening to this, share the information with the team but make sure it's in a clear way and not the way that you would necessarily look at the numbers because that's your job. You're really good with the detail. Try and show it in a really clear, clear and concise way, but open up the opportunity. If people want to see the detail, they can come and speak to you to see the detail, but communicate to them because that might inform some of the decisions they make to help drive the business forward. If you're having some difficulties with cash flow, being honest with them enables them to say, OK, well, what are we going to do about this? Rather than, you know, that unknown of, oh, we're going to lose our jobs or that sort of thing. Well, actually, if the business is struggling a bit, share that information. And it's right, right, guys, what are we going to do to improve this? That's employee ownership, not just trying to take it all on yourself. Obviously, the pandemic, as we thought, might slow down the growth of the sector. And actually, it's done the complete opposite. And what, you know, having been an employee owned company for four years now and seeing so many new companies become employee owned, what, 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 what are your thoughts on the growth of the sector? I can see why employee ownership is growing. I think it's a fantastic opportunity. If you think in pure capitalism terms, is somebody has taken on a risk to build up a business, is taken on the sleepless nights has maybe even increased their mortgage more than they would have been comfortable with to set up this business and take the risk. And I think it's right for them to have, you know, their capital payout, their, you know, if, if any, their, their ability to, to sell their business 
and move on should they choose to. But at the same time, I think it's really nice for somebody to that their legacy that they built up is passed on to those em employees and take on the mantle. And at the same time, see all that hard work that you've put in. Then go and benefit a whole new generation of of workers within that business. And I think if you can multiply that by tens, hundreds of thousands of businesses, I think that's a huge positive. Slight shift to capitalism in this country. Um, I'm not averse to profit. I think it's fine. You know, we need profit to keep businesses going, to pay taxes, to keep schools and 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 hospitals running. But you imagine if that profit not only helps fund society, but also helps to boost the retirement plans or the or the financial options of the people who work there in that business. That's just got to be a fantastic story. And rather than it all just concentrating to one individual, because, you know, Chris could have quite easily gone, oh, I'll just milk this. I'll just carry on and I'll just let everyone else do the work or carry on taking a, a dividends and, and not share. And he's actually just seen, OK, I'm, I'm done with this part of my life now. And I don't think it's fair that any added value of this business is all mine. I think I need to be starting to distribute it. And I think lots of business owners have that mindset, but they don't know this exists. And I think the work the EOA are doing and more and more businesses going through this, you know, the likes of Riverford um, as, as a good example, uh, Armin Animations, big names, as well as companies like us letting financial planning firms know this is happening, who are now moving into this space rather than just selling to a big conglomerate. Is starting. I'm starting to see some momentum and I'm really excited about it because I think it could make a huge difference to society. A good case study on growth comes from another of our member companies in Gerber Campervans, which is based in North Berwick, just east of Edinburgh. The Campervan conversion company transitioned to employee ownership in January 2018 and has set a diversification strategy to enable it to grow. Founder Simon Poole decided the business needed a new managing director to take over from him to help it achieve these ambitions. Especially as he would like to spend more time promoting the sector through his work with the EOA, Scotland for Employee Ownership and Cooperative Development Scotland. All on the back of winning two accolades at the Institute of Directors Awards in December 2021. I started by asking Simon about the growth of Gerber and his decision to recruit a new MD and step aside to become chairman. I think you're always in danger of trying to recruit yourself and that's not necessarily a good thing. There are clearly some elements of what I do which which work and you know that's that you can't I guess I can't deny that but for a business that I think could say double in size are the skills that I've got the right skills when we're twice as big. Some of them are some of them aren't so it's it's just keeping an open mind and not looking at somebody and saying, oh, you know, they're, they're just they're not what I want for this job, because actually there may be elements that you do need that I don't have. Um, so it's, it's recognising that, that you're not necessarily right for the future of the business anyway. You know, we're looking for for growth outside of our immediate marketplace. So we have skills which are perfectly transferable into other areas or vehicle conversions that have nothing to do with camper vans. So there is a whole massive market out there of what I'll just broadly call commercial conversions. So whether it be 
you go to an exhibition and there's a, a truck there and they, they put the side of the truck down and it's an exhibition stand. Or whether you go to the football match and the police are there with their, their police monitor van that's got 20 different screens in the back and people all sat around. And there are a raft of different uh, conversions out there that are done to, to commercial vehicles where there are specialist companies that are doing that. Uh, and we could, I think, quite easily get into that market and make a serious dent in it. And it's a big market. You know, there are, there are companies out there paying tens of thousands of pounds or sometimes way more than that for for those sort of conversions. But we're not even we don't even advertise in that market because we are still called camper vans. So there's an argument to say, well, actually, do we have camper vans as a sub brand? And we do call ourselves, you know, some other conversion name, which allows us to then get into the commercial. There's all sorts of different opportunities where we've got transferable skills and knowledge, but just something which is in a, a different sector. Um, so, so in that, that's just one. Ex there's all other examples we're looking at at the moment and, and looking to expand into. So, within that kind of like remit of knowing you want to grow into different kind of areas. I guess it's recognizing that as an organization, you have to change alongside that. You can't mm -hmm. just do it as you are. And, and it's, I, I suppose, thinking how you do that. Yeah, no, it is. And, and, and that is investment, number one, because you're not going to move forward unless you invest in, in people and, in, and, and invest in ideas. So even whether that's just market research or producing a product which you can then demonstrate this is the product that you can do uh, or whether it's bringing in people who've got the skills that, that can do that for you. I think we have broadened our skill base away from, not, I'm not going to say away from, that sounds like we, we don't want to get involved. We're still very happily involved in camper vans into great markets, but allows us to go further than what we're currently doing at the moment and offer more. Um, I think our, our knowledge of the commercial market isn't good enough. So we probably need to invest more in that, into, into understanding it in greater detail, how those decisions are made by bigger companies about what they're purchasing. But again, we don't have the resource at the moment to do that. So it's, it's investing in that um, and not to the detriment of what we do, because what we've got is a great product and it's really profitable. Um, so we don't want to make our current customers feel like they're suddenly second rate. This wants to be, you know, a part of a growing organisation where the the level of customer service and the level of detail and attention doesn't change, but we can actually use our skills and our, our what we've learned over the last fifteen years to to broaden the business, employ more people, and and have a greater impact on on the community here. And and on that theme of growth, then, I mean, how do you analyse where the EO sector is right now? Because we've seen so many more companies become employee-owned. It's been a little bit of a slow burn situation, but I think we are starting to pick up on that. Um, and and I think there's a good example of the institute directors, for example, the the media in Scotland, we are locally, giving us a lot of coverage and a lot of support, which raises awareness. So bit by bit, all those factors, I think, will make employership much, much more of a mainstream choice because consumers want it and because actually it's, it demonstrates to company owners that it, it's good for them, it's good for, for their marketing and it's good for employees, it's good for decreasing staff turnover, it's good for including people and making sure that they have the best ideas. I mean, to me, it's a bit of a no-brainer, I have to say. This no-brainer sentiment is echoed in our monthly podcast segment asking someone from this sector why they love employee ownership. 
Debbie Brimacombe, the general manager of home shopping at employee-owned WCF, recently attended the EOA's Empowering Leader course, which she admitted was hugely beneficial, and that mixing with like-minded individuals from other EO businesses made her realise how much she appreciates the ownership model. It's funny because, as I say, all the way through the course, I've kind of taken it for granted as to that it's there. It's always been there. Whenever I've joined this company, we've always been employee owned. And so hearing um, other people's comments about it has made me really appreciate that. I actually think we do it really well. And I think we're taking good steps to just keep building on that employee ownership and to keep shouting about it. Because I think when you look at the staff that we have in our business, I think that, you know, they do totally appreciate it and everything that comes with it. But I know all companies are different and they deal with it in a different way. But I think it's totally, totally made me appreciate it far more than ever we did before. On this theme of EOA events, our next leader course, which will be run over five mornings over the course of two to three months, is due to start on March the 3rd. While the next employee director and trustee course we run will start on March the 21st. We are taking bookings for these and future dates for other courses. Other events coming up include the next virtual networking meeting for EOA members on March the 2nd on the theme of governance in employee-owned businesses, which will include a short presentation followed by networking in breakout rooms. We also have EOA conversation events coming up on March the 9th, which will be on transitioning to employee ownership, and then on March the 16th, which will be on marketing and communications professionals. In other news, the EOA will hold its Better Business Together event, which incorporates the EOA AGM, on March the 31st, and you can book for this event on the EOA website. Finally, the EOA podcast would like to wish James DeLevine all the best as he begins his role as the new CEO of the organisation, with Deb Oxley staying on until the end of March to ensure a smooth transition. James will be speaking at the AGM and will join us on the podcast in the coming months. If you want to find out more about anything employee ownership related, or to get in touch with our team, please visit employeeownership.co.uk. Thank you for joining us for episode two in our new podcast series. Episode three will be on the theme of good EO and will land on March the 28th. Until then, keep on spreading the love for employee ownership. Goodbye. <laughs>